0: is Skid Show, the internet's favorite podcast. And by favorite, we mean the most popular show about cars and rock stars that has Jeff Allen and Ethan D on it. The bar is set low. Join us as we streak across America, leaving skid marks on your heart and tire smoke in your lungs. Stream us, download us, like us, share us, and give us five-star reviews everywhere you go. And follow us on social media as we go on crazy adventures around the country, proving that we must have impressed someone important because we have no idea. Why they keep letting us do this stuff?
1: Powered by piss.
0: Hey, this is Satchel from Steel Panther, and you're listening to the
2: Skidmark Show. Ow! Hey,
1: this is Aaron Hagar, and you're listening to the Skidmark
2: Show. I love all you guys. Hey,
0: what up, everyone? It's Corey Taylor here, and you're listening to the Skidmark Show, because why wouldn't you be?
2: Skid Mark Show, episode 66. Jeff Allen and Ethan D. hosting this debacle we call Skid Mark Show. That's right, man. We're back in the studio. I'm here for just a limited time.
3: I've got to run out real quick. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Good guys is going on, man. I've got an auto class. How are we going to do it, Can't show? you see
2: I'm in my fire suit? I got my helmet on i'm ready to go I thought you were just dressing sexy for us
3: no no I, th- there's a purpose there's a purpose yeah the cars in the trailer we're waiting to go all got to right get this show
2: on the road you look like you're ready to light some i'm ready fire. to go
3: baby i've got to get this show going and get out of here i've got to get to good guys man at texas motor speedway i'm doing some auto crossing in the epic the undisputed world champion of cool cars the 63 ford falcon Known as
2: Ronin. So you say you're going racing, you're yes. not just wearing a fire suit for my benefit. No. Okay, you're it's, going to good guys. Good guys. Doing some autocrossing, man. I'm going to tear it up with the boys out there. What if we started a show that was our own thing and called it Great Guys, right? What if we started a show called Bad Guys? <laughs> chicks been...
3: always like bad dudes, yeah. right? So chicks bad guys would probably sell out. Wounds out heal and chicks stick scars.
2: That's it. Look,
3: I don't really want to get on our first guest, but let's mm-hmm. go ahead and dial You're the up. one wearing
2: the fire suit. <laughs> you're the one covered in protection. Okay, before this gets stupid, our first guest on episode 66 is Giddy.
3: So next up, we're gonna have Giddy Chamdy on the show, and what is exciting about this guy is he's the first ever to run a six-second quarter-mile in a GTR. What? Yeah, six seconds in six a GTR.
2: Seconds? Now wait a minute, that's like faster than what? It's, fast, it's faster than seven seconds. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, obvious stuff aside, that's faster than it's fast it, 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 it's it's
3: real fast that's to, like to creepy. bust into six seconds it yeah. is, totally. and not only that but he just won the gtr world cup hello. second time hello hello is this giddy Chambia? yes sir hey
1: giddy, wow. this is
3: jeff allen and ethan d and you're on skidmark show
1: oh nice nice thank <laughs>
2: you okay jeff was just telling me that you did a quarter mile in a gtr in uh, six seconds
1: uh, a little bit more than six, six nine three, but yeah, it, it's considered in the sixes.
2: Well, yeah, that is in the sixes. Um, did were, like wow? How did that? Yeah. That's madness, man. Well, he didn't start
3: yeah. with doing six seconds. No, but know, he, he got
2: there. I mean, that's like, you know, yeah. that's damn damn near top fuel dragster kind of stuff you're looking at. Huh? Uh you've got to shave another three seconds. But, yeah, you're getting close. We're getting working close. on it. Right. Close. He's working on it. And, but you in a, hear that? He's working on right, it. Right, but in a GTR and not a top fuel funny car or anything. and He's exactly. in a, he's in a road test, and this car can still drive on the street, right? Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: uh, it can drive on the street it's not street legal but the, the, the point is it's a, it's a it's a basically a stock chassis you know it's not a tube it's not a it's a car that was meant for the street that all we did is change the motor the trans the axles does it um, still have turn signals uh no we took those off okay <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i'm going to be using those on the track but, uh, well yeah
3: i should hope not i've seen yeah. the i've seen the video footage in the past um you know and it was it was quite a, wa- a ride because here you are you're at the TX2K17, yeah, which is in yes. Houston. I mean, it's our neighbors right down the road. Here. Correct. And he did a pass at a 6.937 at 196.27 miles per hour. Woo! In a quarter of a mile
1: yeah but you gotta you need to know the back the whole story of course this was this was a global chase for the sixes i mean there were cars in dubai there's cars pretty much all all gtrs were gunning for the sixes and we were all fighting for it and it it kept on we kept on going on the track and breaking and failing and breaking and everybody else in dubai was failing and breaking and everybody else in america that was chasing it so it was it was for about a year the whole world was Fixated on who's gonna get the sixes first, and um, you know that, that that whole TX2K had a story behind it because we blew up a motor, we had to change a tranny all before the six nine three. Did so it catch on fire? It, it caught on fire. <laughs> so we had we had <laughs> quite a trip um, that trip, and 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 that. You know, the guys ended up swapping two motors on on the track and a trans on the track. And um we came in luckily we came in like a day early to test things and that's when we caught on fire. We had to change everything and then we blew a motor, we had to change the motor and then the trans. So we kept on working through problems and at the end of the it was probably our last chance. It was that's it. It's either you do it now or not. We tested the new motor. It went seven, twelve at 200 and something miles an hour everything was working perfect and uh then we got to the line basically the whole place was just standing up you know waiting for this pass because this was it and um we ended up i ended up doing the pass it didn't shift into fifth gear so we did it in fourth gear um and still got it so if it would have shifted into fifth we would have ran a tiny bit quicker but 196 miles an hour for a six-second pass is not is, is slow, uh, but we got everything on the short track, and then that's why we got the 693. But it, it was quite quite the um, experience at the X2K. Used.
2: So take us back then, because you're saying this is a worldwide GTR hunt for this time, and you yes. did it here in Texas. How, how did you get involved? How long has this been, uh, I guess, a, a worldwide challenge going on, and how did you get started in it?
1: Well, I, I mean, I was always competitive in the GTR world. Not always, but in the last three years, was competitive in the GTR world. And um, I crashed in 2016 or 15. I remember I hit, I had an Alpha 20 that at the time was the biggest build from AMS. And I hit the wall in uh, in uh, Ohio and I crashed that car. And the next day I called AMS, the company that, that basically built the car. And I said, you know what? Okay, I want to get a, a car that will go, you know, that would be, take the record with it and i i had another gtr that was kind of a backup gtr that i was just driving on the street and i said let's turn that one into a race car um and then they said okay let's do it so i sent them the backup car took them about eight months to build it um it was like an unprecedented build like was never done before by ams and um, they tested it everything we came into tx2k before last year so last year was what tx2k we, 17 yes. we debuted the car at tx2k 16 and then from T X two K sixteen to T X two K seventeen we were chasing the record. We got the record and then there was a chase for the sixes. So the record at the time when I got it was seven fourteen and from that point on everybody was like, Okay, that's great, but now it's first of the sixes. So there's a there's a um, a team in Dubai that's it's called Ikanu and you know, the guy is, is a great guy, but he has a lot of money, and, and basically we were trying to compete with the, with the with the team that has so much money, um, and try to get to the sixes first. And we, we got it. I mean, it's difficult. This this hobby will kill you financially. It makes no sense to do this. I mean, <laughs> it, it, we, we make we don't make any money for this. This is basically just bragging rights. Um, it, it's just it's insanity, but I, I love it. So you know, it's it's something that once you get into, is very hard to say ah. I'm out of here. Well, I was close many times. I was close because I, I, I can't tell you how many times I flew out. People only see the successes. They don't see the failures behind the scene. They don't see me flying to Chicago, going to a track day, coming to the track, all excited, getting into the car. First pass. Boom. Car breaks down. Okay. Put it back on, tra- on the on the trailer. Get in. Goodbye. Go fly six hours to San Francisco. I mean, you know, it, it it will break you down, beat you up, and, and smash you to the floor. You know, but you just got to persevere and and fight through it. And I was close many times to say, why why am I doing this? It makes no (laughs) sense, you know.
2: I guess if you can do it, though, and, and it's available to you, you're going to right
1: yeah yeah i mean i'm i'm never going to stop this 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 is for me it's something that i nothing else excites me in life as much as as racing and um you know i was lucky to have some great achievements in the past few years so it just pushes you to to move forward and, and push through the, the the hardships and and that's what i'm going to do
3: well and let's we're going to back up here i mean he just was he just fast forwarded all the way to the alpha g gtr yeah okay well we need to let's go all the way back because you know a few years back in uh colorado springs i met you yes. there at a sector shift sector event uh yes. at the airstrip attack and at the yes, time I, I, I was running my stock gtr penzilla which is uh-huh. now an alpha 9 plus but so it oh, gives boy. you an idea of the what he's talking about so he just jumped to alpha 20 but he didn't just start with Alpha Twenty. He st- you know, no, no, no. No, so Pensil Alpha
2: Nine Plus.
3: Plus, no, actually, which is basically with- uh, on E eighty five. It's a thousand fifty on a on ninety three octane. It's running about eight hundred and fifty. <laughs> right. So, can you imagine when he, he he's he's on Alpha Twenty? He sped up to Alpha Twenty, and we we skipped a lot of the story because, according to you know, my records, you bought the first GTR in two thousand thirteen. Correct
1: right so yeah i started actually as with just an exhaust and by accident i ran into this event um that was in um i drove the car for seven hours it was called shift sector this event that was just these two guys came up with this idea and then they ran rented a track in um, uh, willow springs and i drove from san francisco to willow springs with the gtr <laughs> and i think it was a seven eight hour drive over there i, I drove with a friend and um it was a freezing day over there uh, over at uh, willow springs because it was kind of in the winter time anyway they, we did a, a track a, a little circuit uh, thing that they had and at the end of that they told us hey let's do this straight line racing um you know we'll line you guys up and you guys race one another and it ended up i think i lined up against a porsche i don't remember exactly but anyway from that moment on when i won that little straightaway, it was over i asked jason the the, the um the the guy who organized it all i said When's the next event you guys are going to have? He said, you know what? We're going to do this event in a in an um, uh, airfield in Koolinga. If you want to come down, it's going to be in six or seven months. I went back home. I sent the car to somebody. I said, build me a 900-horsepower car because I got to go out there and I got to win that event. And, and that all started <laughs> from, from basically a 545-horsepower car. And then we ended up going to shift sector. I, ended up, I think I ended up winning the first one that I went to. And that's where I met Lucas. And from that point on, me and Lucas have constantly been um, been competitors, whether in the half mile, the quarter mile. We've been just fighting each other back and forth. We're good friends, of course, but it, we had this amazing rivalry with, with Lucas from ETS, I mean, from English Racing. Um, and then I kept going to every shift sector after that. And then we got a Lambo. So we moved into the Lambo platform for the half mile. And I turned the car, the GTR, into a quarter mile only car. Wow. So it, it, It started from 900, then we went to 1,200 horsepower, 1,400 horsepower, 1,600 horsepower, 1,800, in these exact increments. It was Alpha (laughs) 9, Alpha 10, Alpha 14, Alpha 16, Alpha 18, Alpha 20, and Alpha G.
3: Jeez. And Alpha G. Alpha G. And now we fast forward to Alpha G. And, and that stands <laughs> for
2: G-forces G. out the back of your brain. Oh, totally.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: Totally. <laughs> it, t- it took the street right out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you said,
3: you could drive it on the street. It's not going to be really right, not legal. good for that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, not gonna <laughs> no. now, it's not going to be fun. No, Now, you just mentioned the Lamborghinis. Yes. So you also just set another world record,
1: right? Yeah, with a Lambo, with a, with an orange Lambo with a yellow Lambo. Actually. Yellow. We went 200, yeah, 257 miles an hour. With well, a I guess at bike. that
3: speed, maybe it would look orange. Yeah, you can't do much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you went how fast? 256.99 miles an hour. Holy cow. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the speed, it's the distance that we achieved it. In it. In and, that car, and that car is street legal, meaning that car will go on the street, that car will be enjoyable on the street, and and that that's the beauty of the Lambo platform. You don't have to turn them into a full, full-on race car to achieve these amazing speeds with them you have four more cylinders in them and and it goes a long way
3: so so giddy i see a pattern here so first off it was like hey i'm gonna have this gtr i'm gonna race no i'm gonna win every event i can take (laughs) take as many as i can now wait a minute now at the time because this is this is also a big feud that's going on between the gtrs and the lambo and the lambo yeah it's called it's you know the gtrs call it going lambo hunting and vice versa yeah it's it's a big back and forth thing so then He says, "Okay, well I've I've done I've pretty much conquered everything in the GTR category. <laughs> Let's switch gears and go to Lambo and I'll just crush everybody there too."
2: Holy cow.
1: Yeah. Well, no, actually, the way, when we, when I, the GTRs are great for a quarter mile, they're good for a half mile, but when you start pushing them to death, like, if you go in 220, 230, there's so much more pressure on that motor, I mean, think about it, it's a six-cylinder, there's so much more, it has to take so much more abuse that it ends up breaking a little bit more than the Lambos, because the Lambos have, Four more cylinders, so they're not working as hard to achieve the same speed, uh and they're lighter, uh, so you don't have to push so much of that fat weight that the GTR has on it. But it is a, it
3: is a fat kid on cake, that's right. for sure. I mean, when you look What's at the, that? Uh, well, a GTR is a fat kid
1: on cake. Oh, it's a fat cow. That <laughs> GTR it, it is a very very heavy car for what we do with it. Um, of course, mine is not as heavy as a, as a stock one, but starting out with the GTR, I mean, it's a four thousand pound car. It, right. It's a cow. It's a cow. So, what uh, we figured out is that it's easy on the Lambos to go the half mile. So I said, why am I killing the GTR in a half? Let's just keep the GTR for the quarter mile designated, make it a drag car, and let's work with the Lambos to do a little bit better in the half um, for the half mile. So that was the idea behind it. And, and it ended up being pretty good because the Lambos, I feel, do and can and will go even faster. And you got to remember, we now have billet blocks in the Lambos. Billet blocks you got into the GTRs about Two years ago, now we have billet blocks in the Lambo. We're just starting what we can push now with the Lambo. We can push them a lot further once the billet blocks are going to be in bigger turbos. So they can go much, much further. The GTR already are on the billet block. And I think
2: one of the things that's amazing me right now that some people may not have picked up on is... I I remember 10 years ago, the Bugatti Veyron comes out. 1,000 horsepower production line car. It took... Miles for it to get up to its top speed of, you know, 240, whatever. You're doing that in a Lambo now in a quarter mile. Half mile. Half mile. Half mile. Half mile on an unprepped track. On an unprepped track, you're getting it up faster than that—over 250 miles an hour in a half mile.
1: Mm-hmm. That's yeah, just that, madness. That is insanity. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it can go. I it, it, that car. Well, the the. I mean, what we're going to progress with the Lambos? There's still a long ways to go. I mean, we can talk about in a year and a half. We'll look back at the 257 and go. <laughs> We thought that was a big deal, you oh. know, but I, I think that, it, that those cars will go a lot faster than that in the half. So we're just starting on that. This is good times in the racing world right now. It's just exciting times for me because everything is progressing so much so fast.
3: So do you um, see taking the Lambo to the distance in and, and, and- as far as you did the gtr and as far as like a true race car are, are you going to keep it more streetable
1: if it was up to me i would i would i would make it more race because i you know I, it's not it's a car that you can drive on the street i don't drive it on the street I, I like to take everything to the extreme um i think it will be because as the gtrs come um you know they comp- when when you look at the gtr and a half mile that's competing in that the only car that's competing right now is the ets car but so that car is a gutted out car so we're going with a full interior car car against a gutted out car but now they started OB Prestige has a gutted not gutted but a but a race car Huracan I don't know if you've seen that green one so we're starting to turn them into race cars the, the the thing with with the Lambos is they're so expensive it's not like turning a GTR into a race car you're turning a, a $300,000 car into a race car so it, it, it takes a little bit more to getting used to but but eventually I think we we definitely will see more Full-on raised Lambo, and don't forget the Huracans are just getting into the quarter-mile game. In my opinion, in a year or two, it's a superior platform. In a year or two, the the Huracans would do some amazing stuff in in the quarter mile. You're, you're throwing down the gauntlet. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean those cars are amazing i mean the the huracans they just have so much potential and we're just starting i mean think about it the gtr has been we've been playing with the gtr since 2007 2008 uh the huracans just came out in 2015 so there's so much more to to that platform and it'll just get better and better over time in my opinion
3: now you just won the gtr world cup for the second time
1: (laughs) yes tell (laughs) me how that feels it feels great um you know i i really like that event um it's not like a normal event where you got a million people. It's more exclusive. A lot of GTRs come out. It's a really fun event, the place that we stay at, and at night, everybody's together, and there's a big dinner. And it's just, for me, it's a lot of fun. There's the racing part, and then there's the friendship part that you hang out with all the friends and everybody at the end of the night and, and, and at the bar. It's a lot of fun for me. So it's, it's great. We had, we had a car. We, I mean, that was the last event for the collaboration between me and AMS, so we wanted to go out with a bang. Um, we were fighting some issues the whole time with the clutch slipping uh we're at the point where the gtrs where the the clutches are starting to not be able to hold the power and and we see it more and more so we couldn't i couldn't do as as good as i wanted to um and it just you know didn't happen but made it happen we got the win so the fastest car does not always win The, the t1 car was was doing much better in the beginning i mean it had one run but it ran an amazing 714 at 205 miles an hour i was at the line watching that run and i was it always blows me away when you're in the car you don't see or feel i mean you're just concentrating on driving the car straight and fighting it to hold the way down the track but you don't hear feel or see the power that these cars produce and the way they launch off the line is just that uh, it always blows me away so I, I was at the line that thing made a wheelie like two feet off the ground and just went 205 miles an hour off the trailer And I was like, oh shit, how am I going to win? How am I going to beat this guy? (laughs) (laughs) Especially when we were running 750s, um, you know, slipping the whole way down the track. So, you know, I, we got lucky. It, you know, he got a little off. Um, the, the start that he had, he got close to the wall. He had to pedal it. Then he had some some kind of a problem with the, with the throttle bodies, and, and uh, we managed to pull the win. So, you know, I, I was really happy. It's not the optimal way for me to win a race, but that that's racing. Sometimes the car that breaks the least wins the race. So that's what ended up happening. But it was, it was a good, great event. You know, I, I really enjoyed it. I look forward to the one next year, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. The, the whole sport of the streetcars um is getting more and more mainstream more people are discovering it more people find interest in it more people are coming out to each event that we go out to um each time we go to an event it gets bigger look at tx2k gets bigger and bigger and bigger so it's it's only going to get better from here that's it that's why it's, that's why I mean it. it's really exciting times. So well, I,
3: mean, I think we're going to see the Lambo World Cup probably <laughs> if you yeah. you know. I, yeah, I, I,
1: would, be... I, I hope somebody comes up with a Lambo World Cup. That'd be great. The problem is again, you have to remember this is just the start of the Lambos, and and not a lot of people want to buy a, a three hundred thousand dollar car and turn it into a race car. But but
2: yeah, some I, of us, if we had a three hundred thousand dollar car, well, we're kind of I mean, like, oh uh, I mean, that's a lot of money for a car. I'm not going to yeah, mess it up. You,
1: yeah, they just want to drive it on the street. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Giddy, yeah. you say that, but, you know, UGR, Underground Racing, has been tuning Lambos for years. You know, go ahead. even back with the Giardo was, and that's what everybody was starting to go, wait a minute, Lamborghini is not the exotic, fragile car that it used to be. True. It was yes. actually a well-built, well-engineered vehicle that you could modify. And that's yes. kind of where Lambos kind of left Ferrari in the <laughs> dust a little bit, is because of the modifications that you can do with it.
2: Yeah, because you don't see Ferraris uh, in track applications like this.
1: No. 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 I no. haven't I haven't never seen one. No, uh.
2: Uh-uh. And they need to.
3: They right. really need to step into the next generation, but I think because of the collaboration between Lambo and Audi, they've created a platform with that V ten.
2: They've yes. made it available to the everyday driver. Well, I don't well, want to say everyday driver because no. these guys are dropping so much money in there. There's nothing everyday about yeah. it. But it's yes. it's guys that, that are into motorsports can get into that with a Lamborghini uh, platform with that set up, whereas they couldn't do it, you know, with the Ferrari stuff.
3: Well, and the word bulletproof yeah. was never used with the word Lamborghini. But now it yeah. is. Right. You know, because, it, you know, that was a word that was used with Porsche in a three liter, you know, uh, air-cooled motor. You know, right. it's like, ah, that, that motor's bulletproof and the G50 transmission, bulletproof, you know, and you never heard that with a Lamborghini or Ferrari or anything yeah. that exotic. And then once the Guiardo came out and everybody was modifying them, they could twin turbo and they could supercharge them. They were putting a lot of horsepower into these vehicles and the the car was actually holding up. Yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of unheard of in the exotic realm,
1: you know? Yeah, because the, the Lambos are just such a great platform. I mean, you have a V10, you have an all wheel drive, you have the weight, you know, all these things. And then you go, shit, man, I could turn this into a badass race car if we do this, this, and this to it, if we add the turbos to it. And we're blessed to have shops like UGR that know know what they're doing and actually are, are building amazing products uh, that prove themselves every time we go to a half mile event and now are getting into the quarter mile game. um So, th- Things are only going to get faster and better. The, the Ferraris, you got a, you got an eight cylinder, you have a rear wheel drive, so it's not as um, attractive as, as the, the Lambos. Not as much potential, but, you know, you just have to have to have the one guy that goes, you know what, I'm going to turn this into a race car, and then another guy. Usually, people see something, and if it succeeds, they, they will take that plunge you know and try it you know there's also
2: an attitude between if you look at like a a ferrari if you picture the ferrari owner in your mind those people are going i bought ferrari it's the top of the line car you picture lamborghini people now nowadays and they're like "Ooh, i could make this better or if somebody buys a ferrari is like oh it's the best it's the best there (laughs) is you know no trust me there's a ferrari there's a group of ferrari
3: people that are a little jealous Of the Lambo. Right. And I'm one. Yeah. I'm a hardcore Ferrari guy, but I, I go, Okay, do I buy the Italia? Right, or do I sit there? You would and-
2: buy a LaFerrari and go. I can make it better. Uh, you,
4: you want
3: to? You want you to? Want but you're to.
2: like, I'm not. I don't want to. I'm, I'm. scared to touch it. It's a LaFerrari. Yeah. Correct. Well, nobody's going to be out there
3: really racing. Nobody La doing Ferrari. with a LaFerrari. Right. Okay, let's let's face it. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, and and it's not like there's an these attitude. Guys are running uh, Aventadors either. They're right. not doing that either. They're running the uh, Hurricanes and the Giardos, and it's because yeah. of the platform that's there and what's available. Yeah. So, if we started a Skidmark show, a half mile airstrip attack with fiats, are you in like a fiat abrath. <laughs>
1: Ay, ay, ay. see i, I, would, be, I would be i would be scared of what he
2: would show up with i know right it'd be like a five thousand horsepower fiat 500
1: no. a Fiat Pop convertible yeah. with the top down absolutely uh, i'll be there watching okay uh, i'll tell you what the next pike speak is going to be unbelievable the one that's coming up uh we're going to be there with that yellow car ets is coming with their car that, that pike speak is going to be pretty crazy um the next, what attracts me in the future is to do, try to do a mile with with a with a Lambo and try to get that three hundred. That that Ooh, for me is yeah. is the next is the next exciting thing and the next challenge. We just need time and 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 money to build a car like that. I actually have a car that we can use for that. Uh, we just need to test it. But I believe that we can go. That yellow car will go three hundred in a mile. In my opinion, I usually don't say things before I do it, but I I just. You just I did just it. The car. Yeah, you just did it. Yeah. You said it. That, that, it one, of the, one of the first times I do it, I usually don't talk. At first I do, then I talk. But I, I feel that that yellow car can go 300 and – um
2: in a mile well that, that is point. definitely the next bar that people want to uh jump over so it,
1: yeah uh, because the four GT that's the four GT that, that four GT rules in a mile um and we get the speed so much faster if you take a four GT and run it in a half I think the fastest four GT in a half is two I don't think they even ran a 220 to tell you the truth bullet? they just take longer to get to speed because it's a rear-wheel drive car we get to speed much quicker and now hold the speed you know and I and we can just continuously game but we just need to test it and do a little few a few changes we need higher gearing um but i just feel that the the lambo is superior to the gt um and can go 300 we just got to go out and do it so
3: basically 300 is the goal
1: yeah that's that's what everybody's running for it's the next goal ran 293 i think is the fastest gt 293 or 294 i don't remember exactly in a mile um i mean think about it we went 257 in a half and you got another half of course it's not going to double but it's still i i just feel i, I really want to try it and um it's up to it's up to some the guys at ugr we will see um if we can do something like that but that would be pretty exciting
2: well giddy we're going to be watching yeah absolutely yeah. and when you break that 300 you better call us back and go back on the show so we can yeah. have the celebratory episode yes sir we'll say remember
1: we talked about that now we did it all That's right, right. All thank right, you okay. for joining us my friend all right thank you for having me take care all right bye-bye and now Jeff calls
2: Ethan from good guys at the Texas Motor Speedway.
4: Hello, hello. Hey, how's it going? Hey, man, it couldn't be better if I was on fire.
2: Well, I yeah, no, that wouldn't sound like it'd be better in any situation.
4: No, no, I'm just so excited, you know, that I'm out here racing. i at Texas Motor Speedway with good guys with the Lone Star Nationals. You know, after an epic week in Las Vegas for the Penzo 400, I just got the itch that I had to drive fast, race. Legally, yes. <laughs> Check all those boxes, and it all led me right back to Dallas. Two good guys for the good guys autocross.
2: Yeah, we were um, at the Pennzoil 400 in Vegas, went down in the pits, standing right there, watching those cars fly by at 200 miles an hour. It'll make anybody want to get behind the wheel and do some hot laps.
4: Heck, yeah. Well, I mean, we were watching them. It was, it was epic. It was epic to be a part of it for the inaugural Pennzoil 400. You know, unfortunately, Joey Logano didn't win. It would have been cool to see him come through there and do some skid marks through the Penzo logo. But you know what? It was still a victory. It was great for Penzo. I mean, the whole place. I mean, not only did they paint Las Vegas, Speedway yellow, but almost Las Vegas was almost yellow that whole weekend.
2: Oh yeah, a lot of it was, and uh, some of that dirt out there in that desert is close to naturally yellow anyways, and uh, and I like to pee outside a lot, so there you go.
4: All right, well, there you have it. <laughs> so anyway, I'm a Good Guys, and I got to tell you something, it's so cool to be out here. They've got an autocross set up. I don't know if you know about their 2018 schedule, but every national event, they're Everybody's shooting for what they call the 16 car shootout, which happened Saturday afternoon. And, you know, we're only into Friday right now. I've got about five laps in. We are running 15th out of a 32 car field. Tomorrow's going to be probably, I want to guess there's probably going to be 20 more cars join us, you know, cause maybe some people couldn't get off on Friday. But, uh, you know, I definitely had to come in here and get some seat time behind the wheel because this is the first time really that I get to drive uh Ronin consecutively, like, you know, in the same pattern. Even when we did the Optima, you know, Ultimate Streetcar Invitational, it one day it was a road course, next day it was an autocross, next day it was a speed stop. You know what I mean? So this is repetitive, same course, going head-to-head against all these other amateurs, plus the pros that are here.
2: Now you're at Texas Motor Speedway, but you're not uh, just doing the oval because that's like two and a half miles. It's one of the biggest ovals in NASCAR. All right, is, is the whole track in the infield there, or is part of it go out on the oval and come back in? How's the the track there, at uh, good guys?
4: No, you know you're basically just killing cones, and the whole thing is set up on one end of the infield, um, and, and and actually pretty a tight course. I mean. You know, we had no idea that we were going to have to be making so many 180s and running, I and mean, it's not really set up to do 180s. But I can't complain because the car's on fire. It is running it's better than she ever has. You know, we're we're not sticking as well as we'd like. You know, coming out of the corners and stuff, but. You know the whole deal is is, is sometimes less is, is is more and in this case I've got so much horsepower and on the back straights we are literally just lighting the tires the whole way down the straights So Let's you're skid marking the fence. anybody watching from the fence is like yeah do that again you know so it's kind of fun to see that happen Having a hard time getting that's the power exciting. down? Yeah, well, you know, we're only running a two seventy five tire, and even when you look at some of the, um, you know, running NT05s from Nitto, and it's what it's a great tire, especially for a performance performance end. But a lot of the pros are running like a three thirty five in the rear. So you know, you've got anytime you're wider, wider's better. You know, you're getting more of a patch that's connecting to the surface, and that's what you want, especially if you're trying to hook up. Um, or you want a stickier tire like a race compound, but in an event like this, you have to run a 200 tread wear street tire approved DOT tire. So it's not like you can come in here. With some you could come in here with some race compound tires, but you're definitely going to get kicked into what they call the fun class. Ah, so I got you. We, we want to stay competitive. We want to see how it's going to hook up because we want to do a few more of these events and we wanted to set this one as our training zone. Like, okay, we're coming into this first time out. How is the car set up? How is it handling? How's the driver? And I got to tell you, the car should be in the top 10, but it's probably going to be driver error that's going to not put it in the top 10 because, uh, I've, let's just say I clipped a couple cones out there today.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? They, those cones deserved it. They were looking at you ugly.
4: That's right. That's what I said. I said, yeah, you're in my way. No, it's, you know, it's it's a, it's a cool course. Um, the one thing I like about it is anybody can come out and do it and they, they let you run on. Friday, they let you run all day Friday, all day Saturday, and part of the day Sunday. And I'm like, you can't get that kind of driving experience or that kind of racing in on any other kind of event, like, you know, for the dollar amount. I mean, I think it was like $35 or $45 I pre-registered.
2: Really? And you get three you know, days like, of racing? I've
4: gone to some events and spent more than that, and I've got three runs in So, for anybody that's out there that has any kind of car, they just want to go out and have fun and learn car control with it, and it fits the age range. Because you know what? Good guys just extended the age range. It used to be they stopped at 72. Now, they stop at 87. So, now you've got all these other cars that are showing up in here that are going to be super competitive because, you know, technology got more advanced as we went. So, like my 63 Ford Falcon, even though it's not stock, it's far from stock, it's still going to be competing against, uh, you know, more modern muscle cars because everything has to have an American per- power plant, from what I understand. So you have to have an American motor in it, but it doesn't necessarily have to be an American car. Oh. It has to fit the age range. So... You know, last time we were out here, we saw a 914 Porsche with flared fenders, and I love 914 Porsches with flared fenders. And he was running a small block, 383 stroker motor in it, you know?
2: How did he get a small block into a 914? Those things are awesome and tiny, but they're like, what, a foot and a half off the ground?
4: Yeah, well, what you do is, you know, if you look at the 914, it's, it's a true mid-engine car, so the, the motor is completely right behind the back seat. And so what they do is they extend that into that trunk area and open that up. That's no. how they do that. So... It's it, it it's been done for years. Um, usually, it makes the car a little too heavy compared to like if you just had a really well built two liter, or if you were fortunate enough to have a 914 six which those prices have just gone into the stratosphere. But if you had one of those, they were just well-balanced and uh, really good, really good autocross car.
2: Plus, those uh, 914 just look awesome. It was like a very exclusive design for you Porsche fanatics out there. That uh, And they, they didn't do them very long, did they?
4: Well, they made them for quite a few years. And what it was is it was actually, in, in in the lack of a better terms, it was a poor man's Porsche. What Porsche was trying to create was, a car like Volkswagen did with the Bug, it was every everybody's car, you know. Right. Every so Porsche wanted to do the same thing. They wanted to come out the nine eleven. It was a lot more expensive than a nine fourteen. So this was an opportunity for that guy that's looking for a performance car, didn't have a lot of money, but always wanted to own a Porsche. Here's an entry level Porsche.
2: It's funny because the nine fourteen is kind of like the Beetle of the Porsche, and the Carmen Ghia is like the Porsche of Volkswagen. Okay.
4: I, I'm not even going to follow that because that was really weird how you went there. But hey, if, if it
2: works for you, that's good. <laughs> that, that's just how my brain works. It makes sense. I'm there.
4: Okay. As long as it made sense to you. Yeah. But what's cool about the, you know, the autocross right now is Ronan's doing really well. I'm very happy to be in 15th position. We'd like to break into the top 10. Um, we'd like to actually make the 16 car shootout. That would be ideal. You know, but there's about. I think there's like six to eight pros that are already here. So you've got to figure the pros, they've been doing this quite a while. Otherwise, they wouldn't be called a pro.
2: By so pro, you mean that, like they do uh, they do these autocross things all year long? Or you mean like they're actual
4: NASCAR type pros? Well, some of them may want NASCAR type pros. But, uh, you know, I mean, let me give you one of the pros that I know. had a great conversation with him a couple of years ago. was Robbie Hunter. That guy won Pikes Peach and he's out here competing with Speedway. And you know, and he's in a vintage Camaro, and he's running. In fact, I think he won the the uh, thirty two car shootout in the desert or something last year. So he's very competitive. That's the kind of guys you get out of here. But you've got you've got some diehard pros out here from Summit Racing and some of the other you know big companies that sponsor these cars. And then you've got a bunch of amateurs out here. And I'm in the amateur class. You know, we're we're not even in the realm of the pros yet. But uh, it's kind of cool that they do this shootout. Unfortunately, I think they should do an amateur shootout and a pro shootout because I think I can make the top sixteen in the amateurs. <laughs>
2: I think you could, but y- you said Robbie Unser is—is is that of the Unser family fame?
4: Correct. Stuff. Oh. So you know his brother's the one that won Indy in the Domino's car. So, well, there yeah. you go. So yeah,
2: that's that's definitely a pro family you're working
4: in. Yeah, and that's one of the things that when you come out to these events, it's cool to see that, but it's also cool just for them to you know give you the opportunity. Uh, not, you know, it's not very expensive to come out here and, ex- and have fun in a, in a closed course, it's completely legal. You can go out there and you can, you can blow off some steam and you should, you can get some laps in. You can get, learn some more car control and you can actually test yourself against the pros because your times are going, you, everybody's times are posted. So you can sit there and go, Oh wow, you know, I'm three seconds off the pace of the fastest pro that's out here.
2: Right, so you can say um, that you raced a, a member of the Unser family driving legacy. That's pretty cool to put on your resume.
4: Yeah, and if, if you happen to beat him, wouldn't that even be cooler?
2: Exactly. Not going to happen, but it would be awesome.
4: Well, you know what? We're not going to give up. You know, we're gonna, this is our first day at it. We are going to try to climb that ladder. We're going to try to break into the top 10, at least. That's a goal that we set coming into this, that if we can make top 10, in the street machine class, because the street machine class is the biggest class out here. Let me explain that to you guys. Street machines, anything that qualifies between the age all the way to 87. So if you're in a Grand National, if you're in a Rock Z, if you're in a Corvette, if you're in a 63,000, they all go on street machine. If you really want to do something competitive, go out and build a hot rod. Because every time I come out to this event, there's only about two or three hot rods that are running competitively out here and if you have a hot rod you're at least going to go away with first second or third <laughs> yeah you know what i mean right there you go
2: if you enter the classes where nobody's in them you're going to be a winner
4: that's right so the hot rod is the you know that's the one plus think about it you're going to build a car with lightweight a lot of horsepower a lot of fun but if you had a hot rod out here that would be ideal you're definitely going to place every time so far until more people catch on and go hey wait a minute and then you got the truck class, which is pretty cool. So the truck class uh, right now, it's currently, I think there's like five trucks in the truck class. So if you look at 32 cars in my class, five in the truck class, three in the hot rod class, and then there's like, uh, I think there's like eight pros that are here. So that kind of just gives you an idea of the situation you're in. So going for that top 16, You know the eight pros are more than likely, unless one breaks or they don't have a good run, more than likely all eight pros are going to make the top 16 shootout. So there's about eight other places for all the amateurs to fall into. So that would be ideal. But for us, we just want to make the top 10 of the muscle cars. That's our goal.
2: Well, then I would say put your fire pants back on, quit talking to me, and go do some more racing.
4: You got it, brother. That's what we're going to do, man. Skidmark Show's in the house. We're representing right here at Texas Motor Speedway for good guys, Lone Star National. You guys check it out. Skidmark Show. It's your
0: favorite one-night stand with no walk of shame the day after. Stream us, download us, like us, share us, and give us five-star reviews everywhere you go. Skidmark Show. Powered by Phil. Wow.